Hello, happy people. Welcome to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay with the Profitable Happiness Podcast. And today it is my pleasure to introduce you to Chris Hughes, a fellow Austinite who is also a business coach here in Austin. And I'm very excited because, uh, you know, Chris is an expert on LinkedIn, but he's also an expert on the mindset and holistic approach to business development. And I'm excited to learn all about it. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Looking oh, forward to the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's really an honor to uh, to have you, Chris, because you're actually one of the few people I follow on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, I enjoy your posts. I enjoy your content. And uh, it's really good for us to have this conversation. But before we get into it, I want to see if we can start with the basic premise. The, what is the problem that you address in the world? What's, what do you solve uh, in the world today? The big thing I see a lot with people who are creators on LinkedIn and are building a brand strategy and thinking about how they can have that presence is that they tend to get stuck. You know, something I hear a lot through client conversations or just discovery calls is, yeah, I'm stuck. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know exactly what's happening, but the momentum is just not there. Maybe I'm not driving the client conversations I want. My content's not resonating. I don't know why it's worked in the past, uh, you know, so it's something that I've recognized is wrong, but I don't know how to get unstuck myself. Mm. So my goal is to be like an impartial set of eyes, basically to dig into that problem and help people get unstuck. And I have a process. I think about that through for coaching. Mm-hmm. but also through my products and more transactional things that are on, on a shorter term. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really interesting way to explain this problem. I, I really enjoyed your response there. You know, when we think about the internet, I mean, there was a time when, um, before the internet, when it was just arriving, everyone was really excited that we could transfer everything we do in real life, right, to the internet. And basically, if you think of any application online, it's really a mapping of what works in real life trying to get it to work online. And yet, you are so correct that so many of us go online and then we're stuck and we don't know how to navigate. And the funny thing is, the answer I've always found is is that navigation online mirrors navigation in real life. You know, if you wanna (laughs) sell something to someone in real life, would you say it this way? Okay, just because you're online and they can't see you doesn't mean you should shift your focus. So I appreciate your this idea of being being stuck and helping people get unstuck. I want to hear how you do it. But Chris, before we 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 get into that, how 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 did you arrive at becoming the expert in this area? I've I've seen a lot of your content, as I said earlier. You are a master of content marketing. You're extremely, I would almost say, brutally honest. (laughs) You share it like you see it. (laughs) Tell us how you became Chris Hughes. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, You know, I got a master's degree in sports management and I worked in the sports industry for a little bit. I played college basketball, so I always thought, you know, I want to work in professional sports. And I did for a while in scouting and marketing and sales. And it's kind of this deal where long hours, low pay, you have to move a lot. It's not a glamorous industry. Mm. There's a big misconception about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, It's not. You get to the GM level or something like that. Yeah, sure. 
so I just did a reevaluation of my life and, and went back and leaned on my writing. And early on in my content career, I was a sports writer. Mm. I built my own sports blogs out from scratch. Wow. I sold those to another network, worked for them for a couple of years, uh, worked for a big, um, content platform and like digital marketing, digital publishing company here in Austin called wide open media group Mm -hmm. for four years. And so I really learned in the trenches of the startup world of how to market content, especially content that was meant to drive a lot of traffic Mm -hmm. because our hundred, hundred percent of our business was based on advertising revenue. So that we were constantly having to figure out how to drive traffic to to all that content. Mm -hmm. So did that for a long time. Unfortunately, I got laid off in 2018, kind of the bloodbath of, you know, digital media when all that was going yeah, on and things yeah. were kind of falling apart. So I worked in the SaaS content marketing world for about a year and a half after that mm-hmm. and realized at that point, I don't want to work for other people anymore. I've got a diverse enough skill set that I can lean in on myself. And uh, kind of ironically, <laughs> Took my first contracts right before COVID. Ooh. Um, kind of landed in early March of 20. I got really lucky. And it allowed me a little bit of leeway to start to lean in on myself and, and build content on LinkedIn and develop that strategy. Yeah. Landed my first LinkedIn um, kind of clients in late 20. Mm-hmm. And just have doubled down from there. Um was lucky to have some good guidance early on from some people that had a good presence on LinkedIn and mm-hmm. gave their time away and their help away. Yeah. And, uh, have learned in the trenches, man. Yeah, no, that that's <laughs> like everybody else. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, when I, when I said that, uh, you know, you, you are brutally honest sometimes what I was referring to is, uh, one of your posts in which you said you were shifting strategies, you were going to, uh, do less, of posting on just one social uh, media platform or outlet yep. and you were going to diversify a little bit. Tell us about that and, and how that led you to see this problem of, you know, the idea of people being stuck and not knowing what to do. How did that shift uh, uh, influence how you, you, you're moving forward? Yeah, I was recognizing it in myself. Mm. You know, you can't sit there and preach something to somebody else if you don't have that level of self-reflection. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here posting every day on LinkedIn, kind of flatlining a little. Um, you know, I've got a decent following. I've got good interaction generally. You know, most of my clients have come from LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But I recognize there are other places where there are opportunity, uh, especially TikTok. Interesting. I'm starting to be more active there. And if, Are you, you know, a dancer on TikTok? Are you dancing? Heck no, man. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm same way there, just blunt, straight, look at the camera, give value. Absolutely. You know, I'm not growing exponentially, but people that like it like it. Yeah. And I get a good response from it. So I'm just treating it the same way. Yeah. But with a little bit different approach. Yeah. Well, I'm not on TikTok, but I can tell you that uh on LinkedIn you have one follower here. I definitely check out your stuff whenever I see it. Appreciate that. Um, I, I do believe that your your stuff gets to the heart of what marketing is all about, which is changing people's lives. 
it, it can't always feel like you're trying to sell me something. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I think you and I agree on that. It has to be educational, engaging, supportive, and so on and so forth. But on that note, let, let's shift our conversation perhaps toward the solution you provide. How exactly do you help people become unstuck when it comes to the use of social media for success? Well, I look at things in a couple different ways, you know, and in terms of like revenue and how I've built my business. You know, I've got recurring revenue um, where I'm doing LinkedIn ghostwriting for people mm-hmm. where they straight up don't have the time to create their own content. So I do that on their behalf. And then I have like fractional revenue where I'm doing like editorial work or, you know, people bring their content to me and just want me to look at it and yeah. evaluate it, mm-hmm. get my impressions. And then, you know, I, I have like more transactional work, mm-hmm. like power hours or LinkedIn profile audits it's where people can book an audit. And in 45 minutes, I'll look at their profile and say, you need to fix A, B, C, D, E. Um, cause these are problems and, you know, a big reason why you're not getting the, the traction you deserve mm-hmm. and things to think about. And then I go into my coaching, which is more set on like a six week period, um, where we go through ideal client persona, competitive analysis, which is a one, I think big one. I think people let that leave out. Yeah. Um, don't think about their competition or how they're separate. Yeah. And that provides a big content gap if you think about it the right way. Mm-hmm. So we go through that, laying groundwork for content strategy, um, thinking about marketing funnels mm. and, and tracking activity and who's in your ecosystem. So, I mean, you can create all the content in the world, but if you don't know who's in your ecosystem, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we go into each of those pieces. My goal is for people to come on the backside with a more clarity about their persona, their competition, content strategy that they can work off of, who's in their ecosystem, how to automate a lot of processes, mm-hmm. tie the pieces together, and um, it just makes their lives simpler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you. It is, <clears throat> look, it, for anybody leaving a nine to five job and saying, hey, I want to go become an online marketing or online coaching entrepreneur, uh, get ready <laughs> because there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to oh, do. Yeah. And you need to be comfortable with not always succeeding right out of the, the park. Right. You know, people are used to getting that paycheck every single week and, uh, or every single month, I suppose. And, and, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, uh, no paycheck, <laughs> right. you know, but, um, you know, perhaps we should talk about that a little bit. I, uh, I, when, when I look online, I feel that there's so much noise. There's so many different ways, places to learn, things you can do, you know, courses to take. How does a person, how does a person start? Like, how do you center yourself and say, okay, I want to take this journey now? Yeah, I've done some content on warning people about knowledge hoarding. <laughs> Um, taking courses, reading books, but not applying anything. Mm -hmm. I think there's a big tendency among people that have influence in our world to say, you need to take this course or this book's awesome. Okay. But what did you do with it? Yeah. What, you know, how did you apply what you learned? Ultimately it gets down to starting, you know, and it sounds so cliche, but you have to, 
you know, your early content's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. You just have to get over it. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. really do. Yeah, and that 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 paralysis and fear of getting started is why a lot of talented people never even try because mm. they're worried about being judged. The people are going to tell them they don't know what they're talking about, so they never even try. Yeah, but you have to just put yourself out there and see what happens and yeah. learn from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, yeah, wanna... take courses, learn from coaches, but temper it <laughs> with action. Yeah. And you learn you know. and you learn from your action probably more than you learn from from a lot of the content that's out there. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. One of the things that, you know, talking about content and content marketing, you know, this is both of our favorite topics. Um, I think there's a unique question around content marketing, which is you're doing a lot of stuff in the blind. It's almost like an act of faith. You don't get results immediately like you might from advertising. Right. So you can't know immediately who's reading your content, if your content's working or not. Um, you know, how do you navigate or help people sort of say, you know what? <laughs> this thing called content marketing actually can work to bring you clients. How do you help people close that gap? It's a recognition of the long game. Mm. And I'm perfectly blunt with people, especially my coaching clients. I'm like, look, it's going to take you four or five months of consistent action before you're really going to get some clients or you're going to get those nibbles to where that turn into conversations. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put a piece of content out. It goes viral. You grab five content, yeah. five you know, five clients come in the door. It's that happens once. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot depend on it, you know, um, and the long game and what that takes is really, you know, what's important. I love that answer. And I, I hate to do this, but you know, Chris, we're just getting to know each other. So you'd have no way of knowing, but I actually wrote a book (laughs) that is all about that. It's, it's called, uh, social velocity. Why going fast won't get you far. That's exactly right. Uh, That is, I mean, this is my current book, and it is the philosophy of all philosophies when it comes to social media. (laughs) Seriously. I love how you position this bluntly, four to five months minimum, maybe more, and of consistent action. Now, people, I think, struggle with the idea of consistent action in the blind. How about the question of content quality? You know, if you consistently put out stuff that that is just not helping your cause i mean how can that work how about quality yeah there's so much fluff out there and i i see people that just post for posting's sake yeah and i was caught up in that and i that's why i backed off um i would rather post three times a week Mm -hmm. and post to drive real value and speak to client pain points and you know describe how you help as a resource then put seven pieces out for their own sake yeah so what i deeply encourage people to do that are first getting started is have a strong understanding of what your two or three pillars are that you want to cover and cover those slowly and see how people react because then you it's much easier to pivot mm-hmm. when they're almost when there's less content because it gives you time to think about the responses you're getting. Yeah. Rather than just throwing stuff at the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you feel like you have to post every day. Yeah. 
because someone's telling you that. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, some, somewhere we've heard two big things. One, we heard from HubSpot that there's this thing called inbound marketing that you gotta do, post every day, post all the time, blah, 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 we heard that. Now we're hearing from people trying to sell us on advertising courses that none of that stuff works. Content marketing is for the birds. <laughs> Don't try it. It's a waste of your time. Nobody's reading your stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, you just don't know where to go for good advice anymore. But let's let's get back to sort of the three pillars that you share. Um, you advise others to have three pillars. So I want to come back to that. What are your top three pillars that that you that you see as important for your business? Yeah, I, you know how how people get unstuck. I speak to that over and over again, and and the value of self reflection. And moving slowly and what that means for your content strategy mm -hmm. that's a big one uh, the second one is speaking your clients voice your ideal clients voice not using the language that you like mm -hmm. but using the words that they say mm. you know and that comes through conversation having coffee chats connection calls whatever you want to call those recording those transcribing them if you have to mm -hmm. see what the actual words are that they're using because when you parrot those words back mm -hmm. it's much easier to get much easier to build a connection yeah and have them see you as a potential resource and then finally diversification of income you know if you're going to be a solopreneur you absolutely cannot lean on one thing if you do you're crazy <laughs> in my opinion you know i I have my coaching. I have fractional projects that I do through an agency. You know, I have these little one-off things that drive me a grand or two a month. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lean on one thing because when you do in that scenario and you lose one client, it's catastrophic. Yeah. And then you lose confidence in yourself. You think, I can't do this. Yeah. You back away. You start looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. I hear in you. reality, you just need the diversification. Wow. I can tell you right now that this is some really good advice, and not only regarding content marketing, but the business of content marketing for entrepreneurs. Um, would you describe them as your main uh, ideal client, or do you also work with companies? Yeah, I work with solopreneurs primarily. Okay. Do you find uh, them easier to work you know, coaches, with? Coaches. Do you find them easier to work with or? Yeah. <laughs> get, easier to get yeah, to the decision maker, one. right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Not 10 layers of approval to get anything done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is what I was used to in the corporate world. And yeah, you know, it's primary reason I want to do the exact opposite. Actually, you know, I'll tell you another thing that I bet you're going to agree with me on. Um, primarily, primarily because I used to sell into human resources folks. I developed this feeling that oh, yeah. these folks just don't want to take any action that's going to make them look <laughs> look bad or, I mean, they play it safe. They oh, play yeah, it so sure, safe. Yeah. In fact, I think that for me, the key difference between the employed uh, client versus the, oh, sorry, the entrepreneur client is that the entrepreneur client needs to get something done right now. The employed client right. will, will take their time, get into meetings. <laughs> Find a committee of agreement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Urgency. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Very different. You know? No, no, no urgency. <laughs> so, do, do you um, 
do you find that okay here's another thing about social media um especially in the entrepreneurial space that i i can recognize people talk about how much money they make a lot uh i see people who <laughs> yeah i i don't really like to do that myself but i see people who flash their actual stripe accounts constantly and it's like it's like a juvenile world of <laughs> and maybe i'm aging myself here but i thought there was a time when people competed on integrity and points of view and approaches and style what whatever happened to that in i'm talking about our competitive space now what's your view about our competitive space yeah I- <laughs> It's it's the Lamborghinis in the background. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, because you know you see like a handful of influencers doing it, and and your thought is if you're just entering the game, I have to show proof of wealth to everybody to show that I know what I'm doing. Yeah, which is BS. Yes. Um, you know, and and this this arbitrary number that we've all come up with and agreed upon of a hundred thousand a year being proof that you can do a job. Well, I'm not going to make a hundred thousand this year. I will next year in terms of where my business is going and now it's trending. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, but the value of the time freedom, that's what matters. And that's what no one sells. They just sell money, money, money. And like money is all that matters. Absolutely. The time freedom <laughs> is a valuable part of being a solopreneur. And you never hear that spoken about. Wow. You know, and, or you and do I, some, but not tied in with the money. It's never standing alone. Absolutely. You know, this, this is, uh, I can't tell you how much I agree with you uh, on that. In fact, this leads me to, you know, our topic, which is profitable happiness. You know, so many people chase after the profit and they leave their happiness behind. Some, for some, their happiness could right. be time, time freedom. For others, it could be like me. It's, it's, a, I, I'm a creative spirit. I'm, a, I'm an artist and a writer, a musician. I got to do those things. If I can't do those things, right. then what am I doing here? You know, it's like, you know, so, I hear you with this time freedom thing. What's your view on this idea of profitable happiness? I like it and the way that you're structuring it in terms of what profitable means. Profitable means something different when you talk about time freedom as it relates to money freedom and how those kind of work together. One creates the other, right? When you have time to actually sit down and think about how you want to structure your business mm-hmm. and what that means to you and what's important to you at that point in your life, then you're going to become more profitable monetarily because you're building a business that matches what you want mm-hmm. and you're not just grinding through, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is another piece of BS advice you'll get is just stay on the grind and yeah. you'll, yeah, you'll figure it out. Work harder. <laughs> No. Yeah, right. Like, that's the solution. Yeah. If that's the solution, we'd all be rich, right? Because we're all working hard. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You know, so it's the balance. So, Chris, what, what, are you, um, what are you looking forward to next? What's on your plate in terms of exciting opportunities or thoughts? And then, of course, when you're done telling us that, I want to make sure we share how people can get a hold of you so they can be part of that stuff. 
Yeah, sure. Um, pretty substantial restructuring going on because things are going well enough that my wife is has left her job and is coming to help me do some things and oh, kind of awesome. building her own client base within our company. So we're working together. Wow. Um, so that's causing a little bit of thought of restructuring in terms of like the website and the offerings that we put out there. Mm-hmm. So we're working through that together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of big coming up here short term. Mm-hmm. Um, really want to lean in and, and work more in the coaching space and get some more coaching clients. I'd like to go that direction. So I really love that one-on-one mm. and you know, that work. The fractional work's good. Pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Not something I want to do forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's would, good. Would much prefer the coaching and um, kind of more of the training side of things as time goes on. So that's where we're, we're leaning over time. That's awesome. How can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more, possibly become one of your one-on-one clients? Yeah, of course. LinkedIn's the best right now. Um, easiest place to reach out. Okay. Uh, just DM me there. Or um, email me at chris at zanateventures.com, mm-hmm. which is Z-A-N-A-T-E ventures.com. Okay. And Zanate is Spanish for grackle. Yeah, I was about to say, what is that? Uh, we see a lot of grackles around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's a grackle? You got to educate uh, me here. The grackles are, the, you know, being in Austin, uh, they're really annoying blackbirds that are all over the place. Oh, that are really opportunistic and kind of get him food and they're really loud. And I just identify with that of just the scrappiness and the opportunistic nature of how they kind of operate. And, uh, yeah, just something I, that's my LLC and everything else is tied to that. So interesting. Interesting. Um, so <laughs> Zanate ventures, I'm going to look up that Zanate word. I like yep. that. <laughs> so, um, you know, I really appreciate you uh, stopping by to chat with us, and uh, I, I look forward to continuing to follow your content and your your straight to the point approach to to content marketing. Very refreshing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Chris. No, thank you. Enjoyed it. Uh, let's let's stay in touch. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Happiness Podcast. For more episodes, visit drpalay.com. And remember, get happy first and success will follow.